of diplomatic mission. As dissent threatens to tear apart the peaceful Mandalore system, Duchess Satine struggles to protect her people against the escalating violence. Betrayed by two of her trusted allies, Satine now travels to Coruscant. There, she hopes to convince the Senate that a destructive splinter group, Death Watch, does not represent the entire Mandalorian government. Mevar Tigar, welcome to the 76th Duchess Defending Death Watch Defying episode of MandaVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandaVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert and if possible, are so inclined. Five-star reviews. The best way to help, the best and easiest way to help support our show and help defeat the evil algorithm and make sure more listeners find us and, and enjoy what I believe to be a quality entertainment product based around Star Wars. Hey, you're here for a reason. You're having fun. Let's spread the wealth. All right, how is everyone doing? Welcome back. It's another Mandalorian... No, it's not. Oh, boy, Tom. <laughs> it's another Star Wars Clone Wars Rewatch Monday, and we are breaking down the Mandalorian trilogy in Season 2, the Mandalore plot, if you will, extended by three episodes, if you want to continue it that way. We're on the third part. We're on Duchess of Mandalore. This is Season 2, Episode 14, original air date, February 12th, 2010. And let me tell you what, folks. This episode right here is gold. It's gold. It's so good. This, to me, this is one of those episodes that is that perfect mix of, of everything that makes Star Wars Star Wars. You know, it's got the political intrigue. It has the action, the adventure, the the Jedi ness of it all, the the sort of uh, conflict of of ideologies. Uh, it, it's so much of that good stuff. And Mandalorians. When you add that to the mix, you have a cocktail that no one will send back. It is perfection in a glass, and I just want to, I don't even want the, I don't, I don't even want the fancy cocktail straw, I just want to drink it down, gulp, 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 because it's that good, give me all of it, more, 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 gimme, 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 I need, I need, anyways, I'm getting a little off topic, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, this episode is so good, and it helps set the stage for a lot of things to come, and, and we get to see a lot of really neat things in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the highlights, uh, that that maybe maybe you missed on first glance, or maybe you know maybe they, it just sort of went over was over your radar, under your radar, whatever it was. We'll talk about some of those things in this episode because it's it's just a hoot. And again, it's centered on Obi Wan Kenobi, which is my favorite Jedi of this time period. So I'm I'm predisposed to like it. And and as I've said in the prior episodes, I love exploring this backstory, this this history he has with uh, Duchess Satine, and and exploring more of that and their relationship, their feelings. And 
her role as a leader and, and trying to be the best leader she can be for her people, which is something we've seen often in Star Wars. Uh, but Duchess Satine, in, in her role as the, as the leader of the Mandalores, um, taking a different path, something that we're not used to seeing from our Star Wars characters, you know, a pacifist. And I, I, you know, I don't think we've highlighted that enough in our, in our prior episodes, just, just how difficult it must be to be a pacifist in something called the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I mean, talk about being the antithesis of, 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 the, of the series. Uh, but it's a really neat, interesting concept, and I have to admit that I, I've come full circle on it from where I was you know, when the show first debuted in 2010. Uh, I was I was I was in love with my Mandalorians from the expanded universe from the old canon, and um, it took a little while for me to kind of get the, get down with this version of Mandalore. And again, this version of Mandalore is the canon version of Mandalore. So I was holding on to something that Lucasfilm scraped off a while ago, and and but you know, I was a, I was one of those guys. I was one of those younger guys, and I stuck to my guns on some of these things, and and it, it, I had to soften with age, and and again. The other side of that is not only did I soften with age, but I saw how good the story was. I saw how good the episodes were, and it, it sort of allowed me to uh, uh, move on and accept this as as the way for for, the, for Mandalore to be in Star Wars. So yeah, we're all okay with it. It's all good now. All right, but let's get into the episode proper. What do you say? We're gonna cue up a clip on the other side here. But you know what you gotta do first. The most important part of the show: strap on your buckets. Let's go! With your Death Watch army in place, now all we need do is to sit and wait. But for how long? My men are anxious to fight. Considering the plot we've just set in motion, I assure you the Republic will oblige you the fight you're looking for. First, send a Death Watch assassin to Coruscant. The Duchess of Mandalore must die. Oh, that is a solid scene between Count Dooku and Pre Vizsla there. And I love the way it sort of cuts back between the two conversations. We start on, on a Separatist ship with Dooku talking to Pre Vizsla's hologram. Then we shift to Vizsla's location uh, where we see the Death Watch assembling around him. And uh, they have formidable numbers. And it seems like their plan, their plot, as, as we quote Count Dooku, is uh, formidable. One would, one would think. So as we said at the beginning of the show, this is Season 2, Episode 14, Duchess of Mandalore. Original air date was February 12th, 2010. And our plot for this episode, on Coruscant, while word reaches Duchess Satine, the Death Watch is mobilizing, sparking a preemptive Republic invasion slash occupation. On the run from the Republic authorities, Satine and Obi-Wan set off to discover the group's true motives. And uh, that's a fairly accurate description. We do miss the part where... Uh, it looks like uh, Satine is on the run for murder, uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the episode itself. This week's show, directed by Brian O'Connell and written by Drew Z. Greenberg, our cast for this episode. Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker and Al Scout, who we'll talk about in a moment too. D. Bradley Baker is the Clone Troopers, Death Watch Assassin, and Davu Golick. Ian Abercrombie is Darth Sidious slash Chancellor Palpatine. Corey Burton is Count Dooku. Aramis, Deputy Minister Jarek. James Arnold Taylor, center stage this week as Obi-Wan Kenobi. John Favreau is Pre Vizsla. Catherine Taber is Padme Amidala. Anna Graves is Satine Kreez, also center stage. Uh, Stefan Stanton is Masa Meda and a Death Watch Trooper. Masa Meda has a big role in this episode, too, which is uh, very interesting to sort of see the way he uh, 
gets out there, gets in front of things for Palpatine and, and sort of flexes for Palpatine without Palpatine having to say a word. Uh, it's really, really an interesting dynamic there. And then Tom Kane, of course, is the narrator of the police droids and the police probe. And Julian Holloway returns as Prime Minister Almec in a very, very tiny, teeny, tiny part that takes place just right after that that scene there uh, because uh, uh, Satine has spies and, and scouts, and they're out there. They're trying to keep an eye on Death Watch. And wherever they are, you know, perhaps on Mandalore itself somewhere in a, in a hidden valley or... or what not? They uh, the, the scout returns to the city, uh, reports to Almec directly about what he's seen and what he's found as far as the Death Watch goes, and and the, the danger that Satine will find herself in very very shortly. Uh, our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode: In war, truth is the first casualty, and I think that's a pretty simple one to break down for this week. You gotta remember, there's a lot of manipulation in the Clone Wars, a lot of of trickery and deception between the Separatists, and even on the side of the Republic, you know, with, with Chancellor Palpatine, you know, maneuvering and, and doing things maybe not not above board. Uh, but in this case, is very much, you know, Dooku is going to attempt to manipulate the Republic Senate into doing something that they ought not do, which is become an occupying force on Mandalore, which would then encourage insurgency like the Death Watch to rise up and take power and, and overthrow the legitimate government that it re- that Duchess Satine represents and the, the passers ways of Mandalore. So a lot going on there as far as that goes. And obviously the Death Watch would then bring the forces of the Death Watch and the Mandalorians to the Separatists. And, you know, again, you got to remember that history that's that's been implied for, for so long now in Star Wars, that... The Mandalorians, for a long time, have have found themselves, you know, an opposing force to the Republic, to the Jedi, at various points in their history and in the Republic's history too. Uh, so, they they are a a power that's sort of sidelined with Satine and her pacifist government in power, and Previsla wants to bring back those those glory days, those sort of mercenary days of Mandalore's past, and and be the soldiers of fortune that they kind of have the reputation for being throughout the galaxy, and. That's why they've thrown in their lot with the Separatists, because Dooku can make that happen. He can help them overthrow the government and bring back the old ways, if you will. And, we, you know, if we've watched the show before, we know the road is going to go down. Uh, and it's, it's, it's one with uh, fraught with peril, I think is the best way to describe it. But, yeah, that's what we got this week. And it's, again, I love this episode. And I don't know what else to say about it, except let's just get into it. All right, so, yeah, we have that. The, uh, the Death Watch and the Separatist plan with Dooku, the spy from Satine's government, reports back to Almec. And uh, now we have to get to, to Satine on Coruscant. Check this out. Mandalore is making great strides to find the leaders of this terrorist movement. They are not powerful enough to destabilize our government. We will resolve this without conflict. If the Republic gets involved in our affairs, it will only lead to further violence. Thus, I shall reassert our position of neutrality. Talk of an idealist. No, those are the words of a pacifist and a people who have chosen non-violent action. All right, so this opening sequence in the Senate, I think, is really fascinating. And it's a really long scene, so I have to pick and choose kind of like where we're going to play some clips from it from. Um, first of all, I love the opening shot of the Senate building with uh, the clouds around it and the sort of like this one lone ray of sunshine shining down upon it. If that's not... Uh, that's not a bit of a metaphor for what's going on in the Senate. You know, I don't know what uh, what else what else I could say about it. 
But yeah, we heard the opening remarks there from Duchess Satine uh, imploring the Republic to stay out of Mandalore's affairs. And then you also heard, like we talked about a moment ago, Masamita making his presence known, Palpatine's right-hand man, sort of saying the things that Palpatine can't say as the leader, as the, as the chancellor of the Republic, necessarily. So Masamita is there to kind of poke the bear and provoke uh, Duchess Satine to, to respond to these allegations, um, or, or just even, not even allegations, but just to respond and, and get a reaction out of her and, and, and attempt to provoke her into making a mistake, into a false step. And that would, that would give them the authority to do what they, what they need to do, what it is they want to do. So what's about to happen, you know the scene, uh, Palpatine's going to be playing a video message from uh, 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 Deputy Minister Jarek. All right, this is a person that Satine knows from her government. Uh, it is a recording that seems to indicate that he has lost faith in Satine's leadership, and he is calling for the Republic to come to Mandalore and intervene on behalf of the Mandalorian people to stop Death Watch. Satine obviously knows something's wrong with this. That's not the person that she knows as Jarek. Like, Jarek would never do these things. He would never talk to her. He would never do these things without talking to her. Would never... If he had objections to things, he would come to her, not reporting her to the Senate. So something's amiss with this from, from the beginning. And it's uh, uh, her reaction to this is very strong. She wants to speak to Jarek. This is when Palpatine informs her, informs Satine, that oh, Jarek died this morning in a Death Watch bombing. How convenient for that. So I think as an audience, we are all suspecting uh, suspicious, nefarious things are afoot here. And I think we all probably get to the same conclusion around the same time. Clearly, that message has got to be doctored. So a lot of this episode is going to be about proving the fact that the, that message has been altered in some way to, to support the narrative that Palpatine wants, which is to send Republic forces to occupy the planet. Uh, the last sequence I want to play here, and actually before I play it, I should mention too that we, as, at a certain point the camera does pull back and we find that Obi-Wan Kenobi is watching the proceedings uh, with great interest. And, and uh, he seems uh, quite keen on what's to happen. And again, remember, keep in mind uh, Obi-Wan's feelings on politicians. So uh, to be there watching politicians at work, you know, that, that is probably a big, big, uh, big sacrifice on his part. Uh, and that speaks to his uh, feelings and affection towards the Duchess, even though attachment is forbidden, and he is well aware of that. But he, uh, he knows something's wrong. He knows far too many things have happened uh, in the recent past with Satine and the Separatists and Death Watch for, for him just to let this go. He's here to monitor the situation. And I suspect even he is aware that something's probably afoot. So, yeah, and we'll get to that. We'll get to Satine reaching out to him later on. But I do want to play this section right here because I find it very, very interesting as, as Palpatine is attempting to assert that the Republic coming to Mandalore would be a good thing. And it would be... The, the saving grace that Mandalore needs to put an end to Death Watch once and for all. And, and Satine's objections to it and the way she uh, frames that. I want to play that sequence because I do really, really enjoy it. Here, check this out. Let us ensure that his death was not in vain. Let us commit our military might to defending the Mandalorian people. Defending? You mean to occupy our home? You would trample our right to self-determination? We mean to save your people. You will turn our planet into a military target which will bring the war to us. Mandalore must remain a neutral system. The vote shall commence in the next session. Okay, so immediately after this, Satine's leaving 
the Senate, but Obi-Wan is pursuing because he wants to chat with her. He wants to have a little conversation about what's going on. Uh, and it's a it's a really great conversation. I really like a lot of this. Uh, I think Obi-Wan does a pretty good job putting his foot in his mouth in, in this in the situation here. Uh, I'm going to play it out. I will probably have to stop it in the middle. It is a long sequence. So I don't want to play it for too, too long. So uh, here, check it out. And uh, see what you think about what Obi-Wan says to the Satine. Uh, the, the way he says it and, and her reaction to what he's saying. You're sweet to be concerned, but I promise I'll be alright. I am concerned. We're friends, are we not? Yes. Friends and nothing more. Satine, as your friend, I don't think you should make any decisions in this state of mind. This state of mind? And what state of mind would that be precisely? What I'm saying is, any person would be hysterical by now. That was a mistake. That's the mistake right there, to say that she's being hysterical. And I completely understand her reaction to that. And Obi-Wan seems a bit befuddled here. Like He doesn't quite know what to say, but his word selection is poor. Very, very poor. So I completely understand where Satine is coming from. And again, as the leader of a people who are... Uh, facing a, a critical moment, uh, not only as a, as a people, but as, as the leader of these people, her, her regime, her reign as their leader. Uh, this is a, a big moment here. If, if the Republic were to come as an occupying force, that completely uh, uh, takes away any, any power that she has. And it, she is just a figurehead at that point with no actual say or sway over anything that, that would uh, affect her people. It, they would, again, she would be powerless. And, and just a, a, a puppet of the Republic. So I appreciate her reaction here. Let's hear it. But Hysterical! The Republic is attempting to force its will upon innocent people. I only meant Frankly, that... I'm surprised you're not hysterical. Perhaps if more citizens got hysterical, they'd be more inclined to speak up when the Republic tramples on their rights. Rushing in like this, it's... It's foolhardy. Ironic words from a man who spends his days running hither and yon, wielding his lightsaber with deadly force as if on a crusade. Why should I listen to someone who so frequently relies on violence? In my opinion, you're the one who's foolhardy. Obi-Wan doesn't know what to say to that. And you can tell it that Satine feels badly that she lashed out the way that she did as that speeder is, is pulling away. Uh, I think she wishes she had... Uh, perhaps chosen a different tone but you 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 can't dismiss the, the the stress and the pressure that she must be under here trying to make sure that the, the republic does not move in and become a force on mandalore that they they will remain neutral that is that is the the platform on which she has built her government around neutrality and and the republic showing up as an occupying force is a slap in the face to all of it so, yeah, it's a big deal. And she knows what will happen. It would inspire insurgency. They talk about that plenty in this episode. Uh, so interesting stuff here. But this is also where we get uh, the first assassination attempt on Satine. It's disguised uh, as sabotage on her speeder. Uh, her guards uh, uh, nobly save her life. The driver of the speeder makes a, a heroic sacrifice to get her to safety before piloting off and, and, and uh, at the cost of his own life to save Duchess Satine. And uh, that's where the 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 intrigue and the in 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 the and uh, the, the mysteries begin to uh, break down not break down but this is where we begin to get into the plot the plot thickens if you will at this point in the episode and it's really good stuff so what's going to happen next after the speeder accident is pure political manipulation 
Satine having a meeting in Palpatine's office, Masamita present. Uh, it, it's a great exchange between the two of them. I want to play a little bit from it uh, because it's, it's uh, again, it's pure political manipulation. Watch the way that, that Masamita in particular spins what the 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 results of this this act of the speeder of the speeder sabotage let's just play it what do you mean no charges are to be filed none at all someone tried to kill me the controls on my speeder were compromised sadly my dear there is no proof anyone tampered with anything i'm afraid it might have been just an accident an accident and it just happened to coincide with me defending my home world I agree with Satine. Well, finally. It proves what I've been saying all along. Death Watch is out of control. The Republic must step in and help. No, wait, I didn't- You can't keep them reined in, obviously. So we will. This is patently offensive. You can't do this. Unfortunately, it's up to the Senate now. And as we're about to find out, the Senate's having the vote at this very moment, and Satine is going to be very very angry when she finds that out and and that in fact they vote to send republic forces to mandalore so now this sends her on her quest she must prove that the information that the senate voted on was doctored that was falsified uh, that there was not this plea for for help and for assistance uh from from deputy minister jarek and that is that is going to be the driving force of the second half of the episode here. Before this this happens, though, before Satine finds out the horrible news that the Senate has voted on uh, occupation of Mandalore, uh, there is a conversation, another effort by Obi Wan to to reach out to Satine to remind her that they are friends and that she can ask him for help, and and that that's what she needs to do in a time like this, not uh, go more insular and and just rely on her own. Uh, self-determination, which again, Satine is a very strong-willed, independent person, and like that's a, that makes that's the basis of a great character here. But as we've learned from other other Star Wars characters, particularly in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, going at it alone is not always the best course of action. And when you have someone like Obi Wan Kenobi in your corner, who will believe you if you if you present uh, the the facts. Um, so he's trying to reach reach her that way, and it's 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 she's having a hard time with it because of the just the growing frustrations coming from that meeting with Masamita and Palpatine, where obviously like she was a a, a a top being spun between the two of them, and then to get the news from Padme that during that meeting, uh, because of the the speeder accident, uh, that accelerated the vote and it took place during that meeting, which is just wow. That is some crazy plotting by Palpatine and Masamita to make that happen, to s distract Satine from being able to uh, uh, once again plead her case uh, for, for the Republic to stay out of Mandalorian affairs. So again, this is the part where uh, during that conversation we're, we find out that Satine is going to go meet up with a contact from the, the Intelligence Bureau, and, and she's going to start to get to the bottom of this. Then she gets the bad news, and now she's more determined than ever to get the information that she needs. Uh, so she's going to go meet this contact on the down low. And this is where we see our, our uh, Death Watch assassin lurking in the shadows. And uh, he's going to make his presence known here very, very soon. You know, I assume that was a mistake. I assume it's a male. But I don't think we ever hear this assassin talk, at least not too much. 
So maybe I'm mistaken, and, and, and uh, maybe it, it could be a female. It could be a female Death Watch member. We've seen that before. Um, but now I'm trying to remember if we actually have heard him communicate, if you heard him vocalize, and we know it's a him or not. Oh, well. And maybe I'll, I'll, we'll find out when we listen to these clips here in a minute. But yeah, let's check out Satine hanging out, meeting up with her contact from the Intelligence Bureau. I don't have much time. They're following me. You've put yourself in great danger. I will never forget it. I had to come. This is worth it. Where did you get this? Buried deep in the evidence facility at the Ministry. It was not easy to find, believe me. Deathwatch assassin moves in. You were right. Someone faked the evidence. The recording presented to the Senate was not the full recording. But this disc is. You must show the Senate. Down he goes. Now this, the 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 uh, assassin lines up Satine next, but Coruscant police droids uh, quickly move into the scene, and they they see Satine there, and she is obviously their prime suspect. And we get a nice fun chase scene after this. Uh, the contact's killed. Satine's getting going to get uh, uh, again suspected of murder by Coruscant police, and she will be pursued by security droids and the Death Watch assassin and some clone troopers. On top of that, the you know, clone troopers that are being used as a, a local. Um, militia, I suppose, if you want, if you will. Uh, she's able to use her electro disruptor, the one she used in the last episode on the spider assassin droids. She's able to knock out one of the droids. Again, a good call back to last week. Uh, and that's how she's able to help shake her pursuit. She's able to use a speeder as a decoy. Uh, everyone assumes that she's in that speeder. She goes down the alley, right? And there's a guy getting into, into his speeder, but they don't see that portion. They just see the speeder taking off after she's gone into the alley. So everyone assumes that she is now in that speeder, so it draws the pursuit away. And this is where she's able to, uh, she decides that it's time to reach out to Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and uh, you know, phone a friend, if you will. So let's, let's, uh, let's check back in on the next part of the plot, take a little break from Satine, and uh, go back to Death Watch. All right, so this scene I'm about to play for you, yeah, this does confirm that our Death Watch assassin is in fact a male. So I, I, my first assumption was correct, but I didn't want to be that, that person who just, you know, assumed it was a dude. All right, anyways, here we go. Check it out. Duchess Satine escaped again, but I took out an informant. Not sure if he successfully delivered something to her, but it looked like a handoff. Find her. Whatever she's carrying may compromise our plan. All right, so then we get to the next part of the conversation here that I wanted to play, which is uh, Dooku and Sidious, because it's always fun when these two are talking with each other. Let's check it out. My lord, everything is going as you instructed. Death Watch is prepared to fight. Yes. The people have been worked into such a frenzy that when the Republic does arrive, the Death Watch will be considered heroes. Excellent. The Republic Occupation Force is loading their ships and will arrive on time, if the Duchess Satine does not get in the way. The Duchess Satine will not be in the way much longer. One of the Death Watch assassins is taking care of her. And that would be the sound uh, of Sidious 
the sound of Sidia smiling. That's what you just heard there with that musical cue. All right, so now we're going to check back in with Satine. She's on the run. She's on the lamb, if you will, laying low. Still got the cloak. Remember, in the Star Wars universe, if you have a cloak, you basically can, can, can hide pretty easily because everyone's cloaked up in the Star Wars universe. I love the cloaks. I wish we brought cloaks back into our modern society. I'd love to walk around town with a cloak on and not be looked at and stared by it for wearing a cloak in public. Ah, oh, the, the good old days of wearing a cloak and no one looking sideways at you. Let's bring those back, folks. Let's bring those back. Anyways, Satine's going to place the call to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's check it out because, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a moment for Satine. She has to sort of uh, humble herself a little bit uh, to, to, to do this, to reach out to Obi-Wan. You know, she was so uh, confident and, and self-assured in her plan, and now she's in a, in, a, in a very big predicament. And she, yeah, she needs help now from a friend, from a trusted source, from a reliable buddy, compadre, your Jedi Knight, our Jedi Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan, come in. Obi-Wan, are you there? Satine, where are you? Lhasa Maeda has demanded you turn yourself in. I know. Listen to me, Obi-Wan. I need your help. Boom. All right, then we cut to a great shot of where they're meeting. Now, this is a neat scene uh, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, it's a great... It's this plaza that they're in is a great set piece uh, uh, for, you know, a lot of espionage and action kind of movies. I mean, this looks like if it was being, this would be a great thing for like a Jason Bourne movie, right? Or a Mission Impossible. This this plaza that they're in. Now, this plaza dates back to uh, some early Ralph McQuarrie concept art that he did for Coruscant way, way back in the day. I think before he was, it was even called Coruscant, but I think just when it was like Imperial Center was the name of the, of the world. And this is Monument Plaza that we're looking at. You can see the the rock at the center of the plaza poking out surrounded by again technology the city itself this is supposed to be one of the last exposed pieces of coruscant on the entire planet this tip of this mountain is all that remains of the world that that coruscant has been built upon and uh it's it's a really unique feature and it it plays heavily into the backdrop of this of this location again monument plaza again look up the look up, look up the old ralph mcquarrie concept art uh, there's some, if you don't have some great, there's some, there's plenty of great books out there with the McQuarrie's uh, concept art, but, uh, by all means, add one to your library as soon as you can, because they are just so much fun to flip through. Uh, so, uh, particularly, particularly of my favorites are, are, uh, from Star Wars and New Hope, when, when the universe was just getting its, its look and its design, and you see, like, some really crazy, you know, not crazy, but, like, really interesting designs uh, that would become something else later down the road. Like, you know, we'll get into it when we get to Rebels. But, like, you know, the Mandalorian armor was, like, Imperial uh, Super Commando Stormtrooper armors, you know, for a long time before it became a whole new people. Stuff like that. Just so much fun stuff to get into. And, like, the original look at the characters, uh, the the different aliens, the ships. It's it's just fantastic stuff. So, by all means, make sure you add a Ralph McQuarrie book to your uh, coffee table or, or library proper, as you as you will. So yeah, so Satine's called Kenobi. The assassin keeps trying to take a shot, can't quite get the shot, and again, uh, uh, things will happen, <laughs> like a thermal detonator. But before we get to the thermal detonator, let's go ahead and check in with Obi Wan finding Satine at Monument Plaza. Seeing you all right is, well, it's a relief. You should turn yourself in. We have both sworn a loyalty to the Republic. Believe me, neither one of us is breaking our oath, and this will prove it. 
I need to get it into the proper hands. But the Republic Guards are hunting you, which means... Whoever doctored this recording is likely in the government itself. If you set foot inside the Senate, they'll take you. And the disc will be destroyed before anyone can see it. Which is why you must take the disc to Padme. And this is when the assassin strikes, and Obi-Wan gets to go to battle once again with Death Watch. Eventually the assassin will flee, but there's thermal detonators at play. And this is when we have to um, make our... You know, it's a great action sequence. I don't want to undersell it. It's a really fun action sequence as we sort of race to the conclusion of this episode. Uh, and a lot of things have to happen here for this to come together in the right way. You know, again, more fighting, more fighting. And a, a scene where Kenobi loses his lightsaber and Satine's the one who picks it up. And you wonder if for a second she might turn it on to, to engage with the Death Watch soldier. But of course she won't. She is not, the, we, as we established last episode, she's not the character who will compromise her values. Uh, no matter the cost, so she she just throws it back to Kobe. <laughs> she just throws it back to Kenobi, who uh, reengages in his in his battle with the lights with with the Death Watch assassin, eventually chasing them off. And it's at this point that Obi Wan has to sneak into the uh, to the Senate to get the proper disc to Padme, as is the plan. And they play that disc for. The Senate. Now, again, just as this is happening, Satine has turned herself in, so they are no longer looking for her. So Kenobi is the one who's able to sneak in when she just turns herself in. She is the distraction that allows him to get into the Senate, get the disc to Padme. So Padme plays it for the Senate, and uh, it, yeah, it doesn't go the way that Palpatine and Masamita were hoping, as that as this new evidence changes everything. And let's hear the fallout of that when we get back to our our our, our uh, nefarious enemies in the Separatist and uh, Mandalor Death Watch camps. Actually, as I'm, as I'm about to play the clip, I, I do want to set up a little bit more. Um, the unaltered clip of Deputy Minister Jarek is really interesting uh, to listen to, so I hope you pay attention to that, where, where he it, it completely endorses Satine's decisions and, and why he, he helps further illustrate why the Republic should not come to Mandalore and why the Republic forces cannot occupy Mandalore in the face of this Death Watch insurgency and what the ramifications of that could be. So it is a, it is an interesting section of, of speech to listen to. Um, now this puts our Death Watch... Uh, 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 I keep wanting to call them our friends, but they're not our friends. The Death Watch is bad. They're the bad guys here. Uh, despite our love of the Mandalorians, you know, uh, the Death Watch is not the best of the Mandalorians, right? We're all on the same page with that, at least, I hope. Fingers crossed. So they're, they're in a bit of a, a lurch now because they were ready to strike. They were ready to seize the day, but now they're kind of on the run. They're getting ready to go. Uh, they got to go lay low. They got to get underground a little bit here. And uh, Vizsla, not happy with Dooku. But, you know, Dooku does not like to get uh, uh, chastised by anyone, let alone a Mandalorian. All troops will stand down. All troops will stand down. Unacceptable. You promised us we would reclaim Mandalore from these weak-willed cowards. I will order my men to attack. And if you do, you'll hold the planet for perhaps a day. Without the backing of my forces or your people, your revolution will be over before it begins. A neophyte such as you wouldn't know these things, but I do. I have other ways to accomplish our goal. Vizsla not happy with that one. So we go back to the Senate, to Palpatine's office in particular, to hear that 
Republic, there's been a new vote. Republic forces are being told to stand down. There will be no occupation of Mandalore in the face of the new evidence provided by Duchess Satine to Padme Amidala. And, uh, you know, Palpatine's doing his usual thing, like, oh, a, a grievous injustice has been avoided. And uh, you have the most sincere apologies of the Republic. And Masamita's like, yes, apologies. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the, the political maneuvering, it's all right there. And I, you, you wonder how much of it Satine uh, buys, you know? Is, does, she, does she really suspect... Does she, does she think they're being sincere or not? I suspect maybe... Not. I think not. <laughs> it seems that Satine's trust and faith in the Republic uh, is shaky at best, and rightfully so, because of because of, of what has just occurred. Uh, but at least she knows she has allies like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like Padme Amidala, and, and so forth. And this is also the only time that we see Anakin, the, in, in Anakin Skywalker in this episode. I know we read Matt Lanter's name off in the credits, and because it, it is listed there, but yeah, if he has a speaking part... It is in a deleted scene somewhere on a, on a DVD somewhere and not available via Disney+. Plus. So uh, something interesting to note there, a little factoid for you if you're paying attention. And yeah, so let's get to this last moment here between, between Satine and Kenobi because uh, after this we won't, I don't think we see Satine the rest of the season. And, and, and uh, yeah, it'll be a little bit before we get back to uh, Duchess Satine and the, the fate of the Mandalorian people. So yeah, let's check out this scene as we close out the episode, The Duchess of Mandalore. But for you, this wouldn't have happened. No, it was your unshakable faith in your people and your determination that brought about this result. I appreciate that. But still, who's behind all of this? Who tampered with that recording? Who tried to convict me of murder and throw me in jail? I'm not sure. But as you said yourself, things are changing. And sometimes the line between friend and foe is blurred. Now more than ever. Boom. There it is. Kenobi, Kenobi, Kenobi. If only you'd remember all the things that Dooku told you in Attack of the Clones. He gave you all the answers. And again, we will get to that later on in this series. As that fact is thrown once again in Kenobi's face down the road. Because that'll be a lot of fun to get to. Uh, but yeah, there it is. Duchess of Mandalore. I really liked this episode. Um, I think it closes out this trilogy very strongly. Uh, again, it's, a, it's for me, it's a solid eight and a half. I love the political intrigue, the mystery, the espionage, the double crosses. Well, there's no double crosses. But the, again, the, the whole thing, the whole plot, the, I, I, I love this balance of action adventure with some political intrigue. You know, the, the notion of the Republic as an occupying force is fascinating to me. You know, we could, we could do a whole episode talking about uh, the Republic as 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 an occupying force, and the response of an insurgents and the parallels to that in the real world, um, but I don't want to bring the real world into the show. <laughs> so <laughs> I like the real world outside of this podcast. I don't need it in the podcast. But again, that's a comparison that's right there. I think everyone can see it right on Front Street. You know, we we've learned a lot about uh, insurgencies and occupying forces throughout history. So yeah, you can draw those comparisons. You can make those comparisons on your own. Uh, it's just a little interesting thing to kind of think about as you watch the episode, as you as you consider the neutrality of the Mandalorian people, and 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 the the idea that the Republic was gonna was gonna insert themselves there in, in, under the guise of protecting them from the Death Watch. It's it, it's a lot to it's a lot to, to to pick up on. You know, good stuff in there. I love the episode eight and a half. 
uh, it finishes up this 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 Mandalore trilogy really strongly. Good stuff with Kenobi and Satine and and the whole shebang. So much fun. Uh, uh, easily my favorite episodes of season two, uh, except for maybe a couple that are coming up towards the end. Ooh, there's good stuff coming. Well, listen, I know we've run a little long with this episode, Duchess of Mandalore, because it is so good and so very, very enjoyable to talk about. Um, But yeah, that's the end of the show for today. I'm so sorry. But we'll be back on Friday. We have another Bad Batch for you as that show's rocketing towards its conclusion. And I can't wait to talk to you on Friday about that. You know, this show doesn't go on without you fine listeners, and I thank you all so much for the love and support you've shown by downloading the show, sharing it with all your friends, family, loved ones, you know, spreading the word on social media for us. That has just been so helpful and it warms my heart whenever I see it. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's taking the time. New listeners, old listeners alike, thank you all for being here. You are the best. I love that I can come here and talk to Star Wars about you all. Excuse me. I love that I can come here and talk to Star Wars. Oh, boy. I messed up again. I love that I can come here and talk about Star Wars with all of you. And I hope that you reach out to me via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show. It's MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And one more reminder, please like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Anyone who owes you a life debt or a blood debt. All debts are accepted here. Just spread the word. And if you can, take the time. Five star reviews. They're so, so sweet. And they help us punch the evil algorithm right in its Palpatine-shaped face. It's so much fun. So, so much fun to punch that Palpatine-shaped face in the face. I love it. I love it. All right, let's get out of here. Remember, my name is Tom. I thank you again for listening. We will be back so, so soon. We're for the Bad Batch. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Let's, let's wrap it up. You know how the show ends. It only ends one way. And this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>